Welcome to the Heal Here podcast. I'm your host, Kate Flick, aka Oracle Lightworker. I'm a Holy Fire 3 Karuna Reiki master teacher and Akashic Records reader. I also happen to be a Gemini, don't judge, a 5-1 emotional manifester and empowered empath. I am literally obsessed with helping you heal and showing you that you are your own best healer. Join me here where we will explore different techniques and modalities and where I will share personal experiences and channel guidance to help support you as you move along the spiritual and healing path. I am so glad you're here. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Whoa, where did that come from? Hello, everybody. I hope you are enjoying a beautiful day. I know it's beautiful on Prince Edward Island this morning. The sun is out. Yesterday, it was freaking freezing. It was beautiful the two days before. And then yesterday, it was like minus one. The wind was very cold. We were going for a walk last night when our daughter had basketball. And I was like, what the heck is this? I thought it was spring. It was so nice over the week, the long weekend. Anyhow, back to a nice sunny day today. So definitely can't complain. So I hope wherever you are tuning in from that there is sunshine and that you get outside and get your face in the sun and soak up all those beautiful light codes. Actually, my husband, who is celebrating his birthday today, uh, texted me from the front porch a picture and he said, look at all the light codes. And you could literally see like the, the, the light codes, the beams of light coming through. And anyhow, if you are so fortunate as to have some sun out where you are, make it a priority to get out and get that sun in your face. And speaking of which, I feel like our society has demonized the sun And this is coming from someone who had skin cancer and has gone through surgery and a lot of uh, appointments and obvious stress uh, due to uh, having melanoma. But I am not, I was afraid of the sun in the beginning. And then the more research I've done, um, yeah, we should obviously take precautions, but I do like to get out in the early morning hours and get sunlight on my face because the sun is vital to our health. And of of course, you don't want to get burnt. But at the same time, I think it's important to have sun, healthy sun exposure every day. And I mean, there's so many reasons, like even getting that early morning sun in your eyes is going to help regulate your circadian rhythm and allow you to be producing more melatonin at night, which is going to help you fall asleep and have a deeper sleep. I actually realized I should do a sleep episode here. (laughs) I used to be very, I get very hyper fixated. Um, If you have ADHD, you know all about the hyper fixation. Um, I get hyper fixated on certain topics and then I have to buy every book. I take usually a course if I can, I just become obsessed about certain topics. And through the years, they've tended to be wellness and health topics. I get super obsessed with them and I just need to know everything about them. Again, the ADHD hyperfixation, I think couples nicely with the one in my human design profile. It's kind of like a perfect storm for me going down a rabbit hole and 
never coming back out <laughs> until I find my next hyper fixation that is. Um, anyhow, yeah, I maybe I'll have to do an episode on sleep one of these days, but getting out and getting that early morning sun in your eyes is so important. And I think we need to respect the sun most definitely, but I don't think we should fear the sun. And don't get me started on sunscreens, like the toxins that are in a lot of the sunscreens. That honestly stresses me out trying to find a sunscreen that isn't super laden in harmful chemicals and that it can offer me protection. I know like the best thing you can do is wear protective clothing and stay out of the sun during its strongest hours in the middle of the day, but that's not always possible, especially if you have young children who want to be out and about, but protective clothing is really important. Um, I'm trying to think of the brand that I like the most for, for a healthier sunscreen is Alba, A-L-B-A. I'll see if I can put a link on the show notes. I actually don't know. I usually get it. If you're in Prince Edward Island, I've gotten it at Root Cellar and if people aren't on Prince Edward Island, I'll see if I can find it on Amazon, but they had like a sport version and it's just, it's thinner, which meaning like the consistency is thinner. If you've had the healthy sunscreen, sometimes you put it on and you're like, what the heck? I look like I'm a ghost or something. Like you have this thick layer. I don't know if that's zinc oxide or what, but it's just so thick and uncomfortable. And then it, it's just so evident. I just feel kind of almost constricted with some of these healthier sunscreens, but the Alba one, when I'm able to find it, it's just a thinner consistency. It goes on easily and it doesn't have all the harmful chemicals. So I'll try to find a link for that in the show notes. But if you're on Prince Edward Island, support local, you can find it at Root Cellar. So today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about breath work and An hour ago, I literally wasn't sure what I was going to talk about today. I had a lot of different ideas and then I just took some time in meditation and I always just like to go with my intuition, be guided intuitively to these podcast episodes with regards to timing of certain topics. And then it it came to me, okay, you got to talk about breathwork. I just did a breathwork class yesterday And so I guess it's pretty obvious that I'd be talking about it today. That would make sense, but uh, I wasn't, my brain wasn't even going there. I was thinking of potentially talking about the Akashic Records, where I was also thinking about doing an episode on setting energetic boundaries with spirit, which I will do both of these episodes. But today I I was more intuitively guided to talk about breathwork. So as I mentioned, I was invited to my high school, the high school that I teach at, that I'm currently on leave from. I was invited there initially, this was how long ago, last month, I guess, to do a PD session, a professional development session on breathwork for some members of my staff. And due to the weather, it got canceled. And then my vice principal reached out to me and said, we had some people that were disappointed. They were interested in learning more about breathwork. Would you come in for uh, a little session after school for our wellness Wednesdays? And I said, yes, I would love to do that. So I did that yesterday. It was so weird. Like, I don't know, like at first when I walked into the school, it was so strange because school, like classes were just getting out at the end of the day. And students were coming out of the classrooms. And it honestly made me feel sad because I teach grade 12. 
and so all of my students have graduated. And so all of these students coming out of the classrooms were strangers. Like I didn't recognize them. And it, it honestly made me feel sad because I love interacting with teenagers. I love joking with them. I like, no, you know, talking to them in the halls. And it's like, I'm just walking into this building as this strange woman, <laughs> this random woman. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm not a teacher at this school anymore. It just sort of hit me and it made me feel a bit sad. And then I, I went in and did the breathwork class for some of my colleagues. And, you know, we had some laughs, we had some fun. And I will admit that I was experiencing extreme FOMO last night. I came home and I just, it felt so good to be up teaching people. And I realized I teach Reiki online. Um, and, and I'm somebody, and I've mentioned this probably before in the podcast, I'm a hermit. I get very affected by people's energies. And so sometimes if given the chance, I tend to isolate because it feels safer for me. But as a teacher, I obviously was forced to be out in the energies every day. And while that can be taxing, I realized, you know, me being away from all this energy, I did miss it. And I felt almost like I was on a high last night being around these people and teaching. Like I hadn't been up standing and teaching in front of a group in that capacity for almost a year. So it was really nice to be back and it did make me a bit sad, but my husband thinks that (laughs) that feeling is going to wear off. Let's segue into talking about breathwork, something that I have been very passionate about, a modality I've been super excited to teach my students about in the past and was very, very excited to teach some of my colleagues about last night. If you listen to my story in quotation marks, my story podcast, uh, you will know about my journey with cancer and how it opened me up to different modalities because the cancer highlighted my need for stress relief and relaxation in my life because I was greatly lacking in those areas. Didn't realize that I was stuck in a state of chronic fight or flight. My nervous system was nervous system was highly dysregulated, was pretty clueless, and I was just on autopilot and burning the candle on both ends. And then with my cancer diagnosis, my mom kind of opened me up to the idea of trying some of these modalities like EFT tapping. And after I felt the 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 results of that, I could literally feel the anxiety kind of leaving my body, not totally. But by the end of the session, I felt less anxious. And so I was hooked. I became a hyper, hyper fixation mode over here. I became, became so obsessed with researching about mindfulness and meditation. I first really got into meditation. And then from there, I, I got really interested in breath work. And what I have noticed working with breath work for myself and for others, like for, with students for a number of years is that if you have trouble meditating, sitting in meditation, oftentimes breath work is a beautiful modality and uh, dare I say gateway drug, gateway drug to, to meditation, like to help you eventually become a meditator or help settle your body so that you can meditate. But it's a beautiful stress relieving technique that many people can do. It's very simple, 
But if you struggle with sitting still and you could have ADHD, perhaps you have some discomfort. If you are chronically dysregulated, chronically in fight or flight, it may feel super uncomfortable for you to sit in meditation. You may feel a lot of resistance and And resistance is actually very normal for all of these practices because your ego wants to keep you safe. Your ego doesn't want you doing new things. So your ego likes the predictable. So when you are trying to start any new habit, be prepared for resistance, okay? You need to, and that's why I'm a big proponent of always starting small. Start these practices so small. Do the very, the least amount possible but do that every day. Do that one small thing every day. Take one conscious breath a day. Okay. And then after two weeks, add to that because if you, when people do anything all or nothing, it's just, it's, you're setting yourself up for failure because it's just, it's going to be just so easy to not do it. And like a 20 minute breathwork practice, as opposed to one conscious breath, obviously the one conscious breath is going to seem more doable, which it is. And then you are going to be more likely to continue with that habit. And then once it's solidified as a habit in your life, then you can build upon it. So I'm always the biggest proponent of starting so small and then building upon the habit that you wish to establish. So today I'm just going to talk a little bit about what breath work is and how it can help you. And if you feel like it's something that you are drawn to, you can check out the, the snow. Why do I always say snow notes? Like why? There's no snow outside. Last time I said snow notes, I could see a like snow bank outside my window. No snow around. It's very much sunny out. And I'm still saying snow notes. You can check out the show notes and there will be a link for a wait list for my introduction to breath work for stress relief and relaxation you will find a link for the waitlist. And if you join the waitlist, I'll be sending out a discount code uh, for my masterclass that only people on the waitlist will get. So if breathwork is something you've been thinking about or considering, just hop on the waitlist. There is no obligation to purchase, but I'll keep you in the loop there and send you out a discount code before the course is released. Okay, so let's get into the show. So what is breath work? And and breath work is just, in my opinion, it is making the unconscious more conscious with regards to our breath. So breathing is something that we are doing unconsciously, involuntarily every day. And thank goodness, because imagine if you had to be consciously aware of your breath for survival, like, okay, breathe in, breathe in, breathe in, breathe out. We would all be driving ourselves crazy. So it's an involuntary process in our body, but it is also a voluntary process, meaning we can control our breath. If we wish to, we can control our inhales and our exhales. We can hold our breath. So we have the ability to manipulate our breath, if you want to put it that way, and use our breath for our benefit. And that's something that a lot of people have never considered before. We take our breath for granted. And in my opinion, when you learn to control your breath, you can learn to control your life and feel more control in your life. And I don't mean control your life. Like you can't, we don't want people... 
um, all the type A people out there right now are like, oh, excellent. They're like putting their hands together. I will now control my life. Um, no, I'm not encouraging people to be controlling, <laughs> uh, but it's nice to feel like you have control over your health and your mental health. And if you are somebody who does struggle with mental health issues, like I, I, I struggled greatly with mental health issues, with anxiety and stress prior to my cancer diagnosis and, and during my cancer journey. And I felt so out of control. I felt like the anxiety that I was experiencing was running the show. And it was. I felt like I was at the mercy of the anxiety. And I don't want to say my anxiety. I used to say that for a long time. And I feel like words are powerful. And I have said that before, like my cancer, I don't want to take ownership of any of these <laughs> diseases or labels or illnesses or diagnosis. Uh, I, I need to be careful with my words. And I do think that is important because when we self-identify with a diagnosis or with an illness, that can be so detrimental. And I have done that before. I'm speaking from experience. Our thoughts are so powerful and our words are also powerful. So I need to be always careful and say the anxiety and not claim it because we don't want to claim some of these things. So as I was saying, I felt very out of control with some of these mental health issues I was dealing with and breath work, meditation, mindfulness, Reiki, EFT tapping. These modalities helped me bring more control back into my life. And when I say control, I mean control over my health because I felt so helpless. And I just think it's so important. And this is why I always made it a part of my classes that I would teach at the high school level. I just think it's so important to teach people these tools and modalities so that they can have them in their mental health toolbox. Okay. If you look at somebody with a toolbox, if you have a hammer, that's great if you have some things that need to be hammered or a nail, but it's like, what good is a toolbox with one tool? Okay. We need, if you want to be able to fix a lot of things in your life, or, you know, if you're a carpenter, you want to be able to fix or build a lot of things. You need to have access to a lot of different tools for different situations. Okay. And that's how I feel about these modalities. They've all helped me in different ways and they've helped me gain control of my mental health. And I know I have supports. I don't feel helpless anymore. And that's why I'm so passionate about teaching these tools to other people so that they can feel more empowered too. So back to breathwork, <laughs> did I even define it? I, I'm pretty sure I started with what is breathwork and never even defined it. So if you're talking about breathwork, I, I guess I did talk about making the unconscious more conscious, but breathwork is just referring to any type of breathing exercises or techniques where you are intentionally changing your breathing pattern. And again, the key word is intentionally, with intention, consciously changing. When we talk about breathwork, there are many different types. I teach pranayama, okay? That is based on the yogic traditions, Hatha yoga, and it's nostril-based breathing, okay? It's very good and supportive for stress and relaxation. It's, it's such a beautiful form of breathwork. And there are all sorts of other types of breathwork you may have heard of, like 
holotropic breathing, circular breathing, transformational breath, Wim Hof breathing. Okay. All of these types of breath work stem from pranayama. Think of pranayama as being like the grandmother, grandfather of breath work that pranayama has laid the foundation for all other forms of breath work. And there are different uses and benefits of the different types of breath work. I know I enjoy Wim Hof breathing and that has some mouth breathing in it. But when I am stressed, when I need to decompress, I feel like I'm in fight or flight, I am always going to anchor into these pranayama techniques because they have been so supportive and they're very easy to learn and implement into your daily life. So I just want to talk a little bit about the fight or flight response or the stress response and how breath work can be used to help shift you out of this state. So many of us have heard of fight or flight before, and you know, we know it's a stress response, our nervous system. We have the, the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic is, as I said, it's our stress response, fight or flight. Parasympathetic is also known as our rest and digest. And this is where we can heal. Okay. You want your body to be shifting into the parasympathetic as often as possible, because when you're in the parasympathetic, that's when you can activate your intuition. If you're dealing with any health condition, you can't heal when you're in fight or flight. Okay. Your body's in a very activated state. You need to be able to shift into the parasympathetic so that you can heal. So when I talk about the fight or flight, I always get people to think about our prehistoric ancestors. Okay. This, this process like fight or flight is an evolutionary protective mechanism, like a biological protective mechanism for our survival. Okay. Our prehistoric ancestors, these cave people would come out of the cave <laughs> and first off, they'd be scanning the environment for, for potential threats. They would be very hypervigilant and hypervigilance is something that we don't want to be for the most part in today's society. You don't want to always be on that high alert, but hypervigilance really served our prehistoric ancestors well, because the more hypervigilant they were scanning their environment for potential threats, the more likely they would be to survive. So we've evolved, but we still have that prehistoric part of our brain called the amygdala. It's also called our, our reptilian brain. And that the amygdala is what signals the stress response in our body. Okay. And the stress response, the fight or flight is a whole body process. Okay. It engages our whole body. Okay. When we encounter a stressor. So and I think I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back and talk about this prehistoric ancestor before I go on too many different paths here. So back to the prehistoric ancestor, he comes out of the cage or she scanning the environment for a predator. Okay. And sees a predator and then right away has to make a decision. Am I going to try to fight this predator? Am I going to try to run away? Or perhaps maybe I'm going to try to play dead. Okay. And if they perceive that they're stronger than the predator, then they will fight the predator. Okay. If they perceive that they feel like they may be faster, they would have run away. And if they perceive that they were neither stronger or faster than the predator, they would probably play dead. So that's where we get the fight, flight, or freeze response. And there's also a fawning response, which we may talk about later today, or 
if you if you sign up for my breathwork class, we'll talk more about that there. So going back to the stress response that I was talking about, the amygdala sounds the alarm, okay? And the stress response fight or flight is activated, okay? Then the hypothalamus releases adrenaline and cortisol, okay? So stress hormones flood your body and blood diverts to the limbs, you know, to allow you to either fight or flee. And you hear about people sometimes in stressful situations, like having this superhuman strength. You've seen people in videos, like lifting cars off people and doing some crazy stuff. And that's courtesy of fight or flight. It it does make you almost superhuman for a short period of time. And the key thing to remember is this process was designed for a short period of time. Okay. It was supposed to be short. So your body could mobilize to fight the threat, run away, and then it would be over. And then you would have a period of time to bring your body back into balance and homeostasis and rest. It's a very exhausting process. Okay. But fast forward to our modern times, people are having their fight or flight response tripped off constantly during a day. Okay. And a lot of times they're not even coming out of it. Okay. They're just in a chronic state of fight or flight. You could be running late to work, stressing if you're going to get in trouble, then you go and sit in a meeting. And then afterwards you're scrolling on Instagram and you see a triggering post. And it's like all these little triggers are keeping you in a chronic state of fight or flight. And some signs of fight or flight are if you're experiencing consistent anxiety, depression, if you have digestive problems, headaches, muscle tension, and pain. If you have, uh, any issues with heart disease, heart attack, high blood pressure and stroke. Okay. Sleep problems, weight gain, memory and concentration issues. So all of these things, these issues, these ailments are oftentimes linked to stress and, and are an indication that you may be stuck in a chronic state of fight or flight. And that's why I believe stress is the root of many diseases, because if you are in that chronic state of fight or flight, it creates inflammation in the body. Okay. And the, the stress hormones and cor- like cortisol, adrenaline, those are acidic. Okay. Those are very acidic. And when you do breath work, when you meditate, you actually bring in higher levels of dopamine and serotonin. Okay. Those are happy hormones and those are actually alkaline. And if you know about health, You've probably heard people talk about the importance of creating an alkaline environment within your body. So if you're constantly stressed, okay, you're going to have a a more acidic environment in your body. So this is where breathwork comes in. Breathwork is a somatic practice. Okay. Somatic means it, it involves your body. Okay. And there are so many reasons why somatic work is so important if you are on the healing path. And it's something that I have been really dedicating a lot of the last year to is focusing on somatic healing because it's so, so important, especially if you have trauma, if you have, if you're working on kind of inner child healing. And the reason why breathwork is so supportive is because our issues are in our tissues. I think I've said this before, but you know, the body keeps the score. We may have repressed emotions. We may not even realize that we've repressed these situations, these emotions, and we may have consciously forgotten about them, but our body always remembers. And any practice that can 
involve your body, okay, bring you back into your body. And you may have dissociated. You may have very few memories from your childhood because you left your body during your childhood because that felt safer for you. So any practice that is an embodiment practice or a somatic practice helps bring you back into your body, okay? And that connection with body and mind is so, so important uh, when you are healing. Also, if you have any chronic conditions that you're dealing with health-wise, breath work can be so supportive because it's a tool that can allow us and, and support our body in shifting out of that chronic state of fight or flight, shifting into the parasympathetic where we can heal. Because if you are chronically stressed or putting your body uh, under stress, then you can't heal there. Okay. You can't heal in that space. And you know, you could even not be realizing that certain workouts that you're doing, you know, for me running, and I was into marathon running for a period of time, not realizing that running for me personally, and I'm not speaking to everyone. This is my personal experience running the miles that I was running was actually creating a lot of stress in my body and inflammation in my body. Like I gained weight whenever I, I trained, I've done two full marathons and I gained weight and you could see it was inflammation. Like if I, I've seen some pictures, I saw a picture after my first marathon and I was like, whoa, like, and I mean, I did, it did increase my appetite, but I just look very puffy because it was from inflammation. Okay. And so obviously exercising is healthy and running can be very healthy as well. But it's, if you are somebody who is healing and if you are in a chronic state of fight or flight, sometimes these workouts, like hit workouts, like orange theory, fitness, um, you know, these boot camps, anything like with boot camps and marathon running can keep like that can create stress within your body and make it difficult for you to heal because you're just constantly, your body's in a constant state of stress. And I'm not knocking anybody who does or, or any instructors who do these types of workouts because they can definitely be supportive, but you just, you know, it's probably not a good idea to be doing these five, six days a week. I think it's just important to become aware of your activities and sometimes it's good to take a break and just see how you feel. Okay. See how you feel. And this is a topic for another day, but many people who have a chronically dysregulated central nervous system, okay. Your central nervous system is dysregulated. You may be stuck in fight, fight or flight. You may be attracted to these types of intense workouts. I was, I'm speaking from experience. I would never want to do yoga or anything like that because I was like, are you kidding me? No, it's like, like feels like torture, but it was because my body's baseline was dysregulated and I was looking for that adrenaline and cortisol hit. Like I needed those stress hormones to feel normal. So just be, you know, take an inventory on, I, I don't even know how I went down this, <laughs> down this path talking about exercise, but, um, just become aware of the types of exercise you're engaging exercises you're engaging in. And if you are somebody who deals with stress and anxiety or different health issues, you may want to pull back on certain more higher intense activities and take a break for a period of time. You know, you might want to look at your adrenal health and, and then maybe incorporate them back in, but just maybe not, you know, I was the type of person who is working out hard six days a week. 
and not really seeing a lot of progress to be honest. And so, and I never wanted to let myself take a lot of rest days or do any type of gentler workouts because I felt like it wasn't, you know, I was going to gain weight or this or that. And now I've come to realize, yeah, that's not, was not helping my overall health at all or my body. And whenever I actually kind of scaled back on these intense workouts, you, you know, you can start to see more progress in your fitness gains as well. But most importantly, perhaps in your mental health and 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 also your body's ability ability to heal like if you're it's just coming through right now if you're somebody who gets sick all the time okay you may just be you know your immune system could be compromised if you are in that chronic state of fight or flight so anyhow back to back to breath work like exercise is such an amazing stress relieving uh tool and that's one i used my whole life but whenever I got my surgery, I wasn't able to exercise. And that's what kind of opened me up to, to these different modalities. And so what I love specifically about breath work is that by manipulating your breath and because it's a a somatic practice, it gets you into your body. You can actually with your breath release the built up energy from the stress response. Okay. So as I said, that stress response, it it's putting it, you know, adrenaline is coursing through your body and you have all this buildup of energy, and that energy needs somewhere to go. And so if, you know, you're driving into work, actually, this was me yesterday. I was feeling nervous and it's normal. I should state like stress is good. There's good, good stress and bad stress. Stress can make us productive. It can get us to initiate different things. Like, like everybody, we're not trying to get rid of stress and anxiety. That's not like there are good uses. It's good to feel anxious. Sometimes it's good to feel stress. Okay. It's when it's chronic, when it becomes an issue. And so anxiety and stress aren't things that, you know, they were debilitating for me before and they're not anymore. And I made a lot of different changes and, and work with different modalities to support me in that way. But I still like yesterday going into my staff, I felt anxious and nervous getting up and, and, you know, being back in the building. I haven't been in back in the building for almost a year And that felt, made me feel anxious. So I did some rounds of breath on the way in, in the car. And so by the time I walked into the school, I felt calm and grounded and centered and felt good about what I was about to present. And so what I was doing is I, my stress response was initiated because if you encounter any stress response, it doesn't matter how small, if the amygdala, that part of your brain, the prehistoric part of your brain if, if senses a stressor, the whole body mobilizes. doesn't matter how big or how small, you know, your brain can't tell, is this a threat to my survival or not? <laughs> this presentation wasn't going to threaten my survival, um, but your brain doesn't know that. It perceives every stressor as a potential threat, okay, to your life. So then it's going to engage your whole body. So I was, my, I could feel it in my body. I could feel anxiety in my chest. Okay. And so I started the whole way in did breathing techniques. And so the breathing techniques allow you to release the energy built up from the stress response from your body. Okay. And it's, it's that's similar with exercise. Exercise is allowing you to release that energy. Think about the cave person coming out of the cave and either fighting or fleeing the situation. They're, they're using up that energy that was created from the stress response and allowing it to leave their body. But oftentimes, you know, as I said, we're running late to, you know, uh, an appointment or a meeting and 
you, you get the stress response triggered. You feel super stressed and anxious. And then you get to work and you realize, okay, I'm not fired. I'm not in trouble, but you still have that buildup of energy in your body. Okay. So you're still going to feel uneasy for a period of time. It's going to affect you. So when you have a modality like breath work, it gives you control. Okay. It gives you control over the stress in your life and allows you to release that pent up energy from the stress response. So that's why I love breath work because it's a tool that can really shift your energy and shift you into the parasympathetic very quickly. Okay. In those situations, when your stress response is activated, I, I don't find for me personally, that meditation is as supportive in that moment. Meditation is incredible for many different reasons. And maybe I'll do an episode on that another day, but breath work for anxiety and you know, moving you out of fight or flight, it is so powerful. So very, very powerful. So I am going to be running a two hour masterclass on breath work, breath work specifically for stress relief, anxiety relief, relaxation. And it's going to be an introduct introductory course. And in this course, I'm going to teach you how to use your breath to help shift your body out of fight or flight. Okay, I'm going to teach you all about the science behind breath and why it's so effective. We're going to talk about why somatic practices like breath work are so, so important when you are trying to regulate your central nervous system. You will learn how the way you are breathing is actually impacting your health, your stress levels, and even your athletic performance and your appearance. I will teach you how to correctly breathe for optimal health. I will also be sharing a hack for you if you are somebody who struggles with snoring, sleep apnea, allergies, asthma, and disruptive sleep, okay? And so you're, you're gonna wanna tune in for the class if that's if you know somebody who struggles in that area. Um, and I'm going to teach you some introductory techniques, breathing techniques that you can implement into your daily life to help you release stress and anxiety and to help your body drop into the parasympathetic where you can heal. At the end of the class, I will lead you through a guided breathwork um, sequence, and then we will follow that up with a Reiki healing experience, okay? So the breathwork will just help to clear out any of that energy, that um, stress from your body and it's breathwork and Reiki pair beautifully together. And you can all also, if you're not into Reiki, you can make the decision like enter Reiki respects free will. So you can make the decision not to receive the Reiki if you do not wish, and you can just uh, engage in the guided meditation at the end. But the Reiki experience honestly is so beautiful in conjunction with the breathwork. It's really, really amazing. And then after the class, you will leave with some guided breathwork meditations of varying lengths that you can use to support you in your healing and support you as you implement this new modality. Because oftentimes it's really useful to have guided, you know, guided meditations, guided breathwork sequences, because then you don't have to think too much about what you have to do. You just know you have to press play. And as I talked earlier about the resistance, 
you are going to feel resistance implementing a new habit. But when you know you don't have to come up with a breath work sequence, that all you need to do is press play for 10 minutes and you're going to get that healing in those 10 minutes, it's so much easier than having to come up with these um, sequences on your own. Okay. So it's, it's very motivating for me anyway, to have those recordings, especially when you're starting any new modality as a guide for you. And then as you gain confidence with your breath work practice, then you can use the different techniques to support you in the way that you need to be supported in the moment. So this masterclass will be taped. It's going to be a live masterclass. It will be taped if you can't attend live. So you can watch it at your own convenience as many times as you like, you will have access um, to this class. And if you join the waitlist below in the show notes, as I mentioned previously, I will be sending out a discount on this masterclass to those people on the waitlist. So you can join at the link below if you are interested and I'll be sending more information out soon. I haven't really nailed down a date yet, but it will probably be, I would say pretty soon at the end of this month, I would say. So jump on the wait list. I would love to have you and I would love to share uh, this beautiful modality with you. Before I go, I would also like to remind you that Reiki level one and two, Holy Fire Reiki level one and two, Live training on Zoom will be going on May 6th and May 7th. It's a two-day intensive training with theory, practice, and experiences. It includes attunements on each day, which are called placements in the Holy Fire lineage. And you will be attuned to the Reiki energy so you can perform self-healing. And then you will also be attuned to different frequencies of the Reiki energy. So you will receive four symbols, actually five. I think, well, I don't know. I'm going to have to do... I think I'm going to do an episode on that. I mentioned it in one before, but I received a symbol and a frequency and I've been getting more information with regards to this symbol and frequency in meditation recently and, and have felt called to share this with other people. So we will see if that will happen. Um, but for sure you'll be attuned to four symbols and you will be able to, at the end of this course, you will be able to send Reiki at a distance. Okay. Do Reiki in person at a distance, perform self-healing, and you will be certified as a level two practitioner. So you could open a business and charge for your services if that's something you wish. But you know what? A lot of people who take Reiki don't have that intention. Okay. Reiki pairs so beautifully with every modality, honestly, like it pairs so well. And with different professions, I'll have to do, I always say this, I'll have to do a podcast episode on this, but it is so supportive in so many different areas. And many people who take the course have no intention of opening up a Reiki business. Um, some people do, but that's just a bonus that you are certified at the end of this course. So would love to see you there. There is $25 off right now until April 22nd with the code early bird at checkout. And there will be a link below in the show notes for you to grab your spot. And if something happened that you got sick or something came up in your life that you could not attend, then you can defer like sign up and you can defer and take as long as you take a class within the year, um, then then you would not lose your tuition. So if you're feeling the nudge, grab your spot, would love to hang out and teach you this amazing modality in May. 
And as well, I do have my Akashic Reiki one-to-one sessions. There's live options. There's fully remote sessions where I send you a recording after. And I also work with children and animals. And I also do house clearings, space clearings, and spirit attachment release. So check out my link in bio on Instagram or my website. I'll link those all below uh, for my offerings. So I hope everybody has a great, oh my gosh, I just realized I I didn't even talk about the song. It just came into my head right now. (laughs) This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Um, I, it's funny. I totally forgot to talk about this. So I feel like (laughs) if, if you're still here and listening, um, I'll talk about this for one second, but I feel like I guess that that song came into my awareness because we are being called to share our light with the world, like, and, and show up more authentically. When I think of someone sharing their light, like if you're drawn to this podcast, um, I feel like you're probably a light worker. You're probably who has a light inside of you that, you know, that you want to share with the world. Maybe you don't know how, but what's coming through is when you show up authentically, Okay. When you show up authentically in the world, you, that is you sharing your light. Okay. When you do the healing work, when you start to peel back the layers, as you peel back those layers, it's almost like I see a candle within everyone, like that flame. And it's like a lot of people's light can't be seen because it's covered up by so many layers of conditioning from your childhood, from past lives. So as you go on this healing path and start to peel back the layers, your light becomes more apparent. And as you're peeling back the layers, you are connecting with your, your authentic self with that soul version of yourself. And for many of us, we, we don't even, you know, for me, Uh, that's what's been amazing on the healing path is getting to know my authentic self because it, my authentic self was so covered in all these layers. Okay. That's who I, you know, who I thought I was for a lot of my life is not who I truly am. And through my healing work, I've begun to, or began, begun, began to (laughs) reveal parts of my authentic self to myself. And then in turn, when I recognize my authentic self, then I can, show that to the world. Okay. By speaking my truth, by showing up, you know, authentically in all my interactions. So this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. So today you're being called to, you know, connect with that inner light. Okay. And show up more authentically in this. If you're in the spirit, if you're into spiritual, spirituality. I mean, I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably into spirituality. Um, but a lot of us are afraid to show people who we really are. Okay. I know for me, I was in the closet for a long time with my spirituality and it took me a while to have the confidence to start to show people who I really am because you can feel afraid afraid to show people that because you can be afraid that you might be abandoned if you show people the true version of yourself. Okay. Because a lot of us have these culturally created selves that, you know, these, these selves that have been created to maybe appease others and to fit in and to gain love in some way. So when you can show up as honest, as authentically you, okay. In your everyday interactions, that is you 
sharing your light with the world. So keep sharing that light, (laughs) y'all. Okay, well, I hope everybody has a great day and that little light of yours, I want to see it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Okay, have a great day. See you next week. Bye.